When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, I'm David. I support Gen X Grown Up on Patreon, and you should too. Don't you want to keep this great content coming? So you know what to do. Go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon and just do it. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to this episode 125 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I'm John. Joining me, as always, of course, is Mo. Hey, everybody. Of course, it wouldn't be a show without George. Hey, George. Hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> wow. Whoa, I'm awake. <laughs> In this episode, we return to the skies and the screen with Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Check out some hardware to improve your home computer workstation for work or play, and play an action RPG where you are a man-eating shark <laughs> on the prowl for revenge. Revenge. Okay, I want to hear that because what kind of revenge does a shark mean? Well, you'd be surprised. That's the tease. You're going to be excited to find out. We have those topics and many more coming your way in this episode. Before we jump into that, though, it is time for my favorite part of the show, and that is fourth listener email. We received an email just the other day from a recent new patron, Vern, who we actually announced a couple episodes ago. Yeah, so thank you, Vern. Vern wrote in. The subject line of his email was escape room oh Ooh. wow okay which by the it's way is still getting lots of views from almost two years ago well it's brilliant i mean come on views did we do a tv show when i wasn't looking it's getting views or listens it, you know, yeah it's, it's getting listens <laughs> it's getting well, listens. if you watch the waveform you view it I said, <laughs> no that's that's not what they're doing listens yes stickler yes they're oh, listens, i'm the stickler mr grammar nazi wow <laughs> it's, it's my turn yeah, my turn yeah, george has a point <laughs> okay yeah so Vern wrote in talking about escape room here's what he had to say greetings fellow gen x grown-ups i've been listening for a while this is my first email thank you Vern. cool Thanks. i was born in 19 1970. I'm retiring in June after more than 31 years in the U.S. Navy. Wow. wow. Thank you, awesome. sir. Yeah, Appreciate awesome. the service. Indeed. I grew up in Tampa, Florida, but I've spent most of my career, other than boot camp and trade schools, stationed in Southern California. Hmm. Okay. okay. Transplant. Uh, he goes on to say, I am a Gen X grown up. I only wish I had the bankroll that you all seem to have for all the toys and gadgets. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still fun getting your reviews so I can narrow it down in order to buy the few things I can afford. Yeah. No, we're all broke. So, yeah. That's, it's all an illusion. Yeah. Well, we're broke because we buy all these damn toys. That's, that's why right. we're broke. Uh, well, frankly, and some of the toys we get are thanks to supporters like Vern, who supports us over on Patreon to help us afford to review these things. So sure. it's, yep. it's, it's because of you, Vern, that we can do what we do. <laughs> he says, I'm writing in today about Escape Room. Whoa. But that was our fictional podcast with three, one about four episodes back in, I want to say it was 2019, 2020. I forget when that was. What was that? 2021? Pre-COVID. Uh, pre, pre it was pre-COVID. Oh my God, it was. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, so he listened to that and he said... I found it and listened to it all in a day, thanks to my long commute to and from work. Excellent podcast. I was hooked. Okay. Okay. The one little bit of criticism I have, which Uh we'll take constructive criticism, and I know this is going to sound funny coming from a sailor, but I feel like the F-bomb was dropped way too much and it took away from the story at times. Well, well. fuck this email. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That was the most predictable response ever that I could have expected from George. I mean, given though, I mean, it was probably accurate. <laughs> with how many we would do in that situation. But yeah, yeah I mean, I think yeah, so. I, I see what he's saying. I, I, I it it was F laden. Yeah, for I sure. I think I had like 13 in a row 
when my hands got burnt on the joysticks. <laughs> you did have that. Yes. It was a high fuck density going on yeah. right there. <laughs> I was going for the Guinness record, but they never showed up. So they didn't answer your call. No, <laughs> I didn't get the plaque or anything. No. Uh, Vern says, as much as Rachel pleaded with me to share the podcast, <laughs> it was hard thinking of someone that could handle all the fucks. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I mean, I mean he's enough. in the Navy. Surely. Right. Don't you know some sailors? Come on. They're not going to blush. But he enjoyed the show. Again, he just, that was his one criticism. We love, you know what? Criticism helps us to build forward and know what things people like and don't like. So yeah, we appreciate you, Vern, for letting us know. Uh, He says, now that I'm retiring, I hope to get into podcasting myself. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's a lot of work. (laughs) No. Yeah. Especially don't let John talk you into doing it. Right. Well, that'll go great. But anybody else? (laughs) He says, by the way, I would love to be the on-air fourth listener if you ever need a lifetime in the military experience or point of view for any sort of discussion. Oh, that's awesome. We will keep that in our hip pocket. We'll know that you are available. Thank you. He wraps it up just saying, I love your show, Vern. Cool. Thank you, Vern. Awesome. I'm thinking about like how to get rid of all the the fucks in there. Like if we bleeped it, I think it would just sound like a comedy reel. <laughs> if we like, bleeped it, it would just be <laughs> one long beep. That would be it. <laughs> My hands burn. <laughs> and every now and then in between those would be like share and subscribe. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, being that it was kind of like a found footage kind of thing, it's supposed to be gritty and raw and unedited. And mm-hmm. so that, yeah. And you can tell George did a lot of the writing because George says fuck more than any of us. So well, that's well, hold on. I think Mo wrote that episode. I said a lot of the writing. A lot of it. <laughs> I might have been channeling George a little bit, though. You might have. <laughs> <laughs> Getting George's headspace. I mean, and that's yeah. all right. I'm not saying episode. I didn't appreciate the writing. I loved it. I thought it was eloquent. But still. <laughs> Vern, again, thank you so much for writing. And we love it every time the fourth listener takes time out of their day to hit us up. Let us know what they like and don't like and uh, suggestions for the future. Hey, Hey, if you would like your email featured here on the show, it's easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We'll read every single email, and most of them, like Vern's, eventually make the show. All right, with that good business behind us, it's time to jump into the body of episode 125. Stick around. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at genxgrownup.com. You're about to see the Me TV, the Sony Watchman. It's the She TV, the Luigi TV, the first truly personal TV, the Sleepy TV. Just over an inch thick, or is it thin? And one even has an AM/FM radio. The Referee TV, the Sony Watchman TV, the one and only TV for the one and only. See your authorized Bay Area Sony dealer. We're going to get going as we always do here, talking about media we have been enjoying between last time we spoke and now. And uh, in fact, last time we spoke, George, you were going to talk about Stranger Things, and yet... None of us had actually seen Stranger Things due to other cool things popping up. So I'm curious now, George, what have you been watching this time around? Uh, so I've been watching everything but Stranger Things. No, I'm just kidding. I've, I've watched Stranger Things. Okay. I was a bit surprised because I had read some stuff online where they said that we were going to get like five episodes in this batch. And then mm-hmm. later Volume on two. the summer, we we're going to get like four f- more. Something but like we that, got yeah. seven okay. in this batch. Which uh, threw me for a very happy loop. Yeah, that's true. I was very happy to have more content. Uh, I don't think from watching this first batch, though, that this series can go much past that next season. Like this is season four. So because the kids are getting a little long in the tooth, they're just starting to kind of creep up on them through no fault of their own. But (laughs) life has a way of doing that. Cut it out, brats. Quit quit aging. Quit growing. I really enjoyed how they picked up the story from mm-hmm. the end of season three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, I thought they did a really nice job of showing us a lot of different aspects. And I'm kind of combining all the episodes into one synopsis here because it's it 
kind of feels that way to me. Like, even though it's episode one, episode two, episode three, so mm-hmm. it just feels like one big long story every time I watch a new episode mm-hmm. with Stranger Things. Um, yeah, I think they did a really solid job of picking up all these different storylines because there's like four, I think maybe five different storylines mm-hmm. going on yeah. that are solid, active, could be main storylines mm-hmm. and they're giving them all good service. Yeah. And reverberations from last season they're dealing mm-hmm. with too. Yeah. yeah. I'd say I really enjoyed watching the first half of this season, I guess, whatever you want to call it, because I feel like they did it, all the stuff sorry, is coming together, you know, and, and I'm very happy to see that. Like, I'm like, I was watching, I'm like, oh, makes sense. But mm-hmm. when you talk about them getting long in the tooth, though, you know, my girlfriend actually went back and accidentally watched that season one, episode one. You know how, like, if you leave Netflix on, it sort of cycles. Oh, right. Oh, right, right. right. Yeah. yeah. And she, she was saying, like, oh, my God, those kids were so small. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. thinking, I'm like, yeah, that's, yep. yeah. You know, I really appreciate, uh, I, I think I still have one or two left to see in this, mm-hmm. was it season four, volume one, whatever they're calling yeah. this batch. Yeah. Something along that lines. So often you'll see series like this introduce new characters and then mm-hmm. new characters who next season around but the new characters they folded into the season into the show have really somehow they've become important and in the front and not diminish the yeah. screen time for the other characters i'm thinking particularly of max yes. who was just <laughs> added i think last season because she was the brother of billy and yeah. mm-hmm. and then of course all the shit happens with billy and you figure oh well they're gonna move away or something no she's part of the friend group but they're kind of on the outs and they're at high school and dealing with the problems of being in high school and yeah. not kids anymore they're trying to be cool and and to your point, the other thing I was thinking, George, when you were just talking about how they're getting much older, I heard a rumor that season five, they're going to do a time jump. What? So they might well, actually be playing up. Like maybe they're playing older than they actually are next time around. It's not hard to see. I mean, there's yeah. a time jump in this volume right now mm-hmm. in the first oh, yeah. half of yeah, yeah. season four. And we we often talk especially when we're um, talking about shows that do the whole uh, start the episode in one time period and then go backwards to yeah. tell mm-hmm. the story until it gets back to that point. ER was famous for doing that. Castle, another TV show that did that a lot. Uh, Star Trek, John, used to do that crap all the time. They would <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. And everybody calls it a writer's crutch, like start in the middle of the story, then jump back and tell a story, and that builds suspense and drama and whatnot. What they've done with this one, though, mm-hmm that I appreciated a little bit more. It's not starting in the middle of a story. They're telling the backstory, especially of 11. And I really, really appreciate the 11's backstory now because we're getting to see what went on with her Mm -hmm. in the lab. Just before we met her. Just Just before before, we met her. Yeah, that was um, cool. John, you haven't seen all of them, so I don't want to spoil anything, but Mo and I understand there's some there's some very pivotal character work in Ooh, those yeah. history segments that yeah. they're showing us that I think you've probably figured it out, but if you haven't, you will very soon yeah. Yeah. Uh, in episodes yeah. six and seven. I like the fact that the Upside Down has its own, I'm not going to say government, but its own hierarchy. And they're hmm. talking about hmm. that in these episodes, you know, like the Mind Flayer is the big boss and this guy right. worked for him and that thing worked for him. <laughs> And so it's it's kind of like all this stuff. And John, I wish you had seen episodes six and seven because there's some really <laughs> soon, soon. Some fun Very stuff key. that's yeah. happened in there. It's, it's, but it's awesome, yeah. Yeah, I think if you're a fan of Stranger Things, you absolutely will enjoy the season. I, I can't see you being disappointed. If mm. you haven't watched Stranger Things, now's the time. Go back and start with season one like Moe's girlfriend accidentally did and <laughs> watch all the way through which will be a super fun experience it'll be a long one because yeah you know these episodes now in this season are like hour and 10 hour 20 but there's payoff it's not yes. like you start a series and you're like well i hope it continues now you know not only does the story right. continue we're going to get a nice finale coming with the remainder mm-hmm. four and five so it's worth your time investment yeah. absolutely well yeah. speaking of time jumps and payoffs and <laughs> <Yeah>. historical <laughs> good lead in nice good historical storylines john i know you've been you went and watched something that i've still haven't gotten a chance to see but i think everybody's looking forward to it i'm just going to take just a moment here and say that when we started this podcast nearly five years ago george had not even listened to a podcast now listen to him like a segue generating masterclass. <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely we we had a backtrack just a couple of weeks ago talking about the original top gun 
1986. And we had, I think it was 86, right? And uh, Top Gun Maverick was finally, after the delays with COVID and other delays that they had on their own, uh, finally coming out in the theaters. We were all looking forward to it. I know that, Mo, you've seen it. I had a chance to see it. Yes. George, we're not going to spoil anything for you. There's jets, though. Right. There are jets. There are things we're going to tell you that aren't spoilers. Good. Right. (laughs) Tom Cruise is in it. All right. That's not a spoiler. Jets are in it. This film has gotten so much good press, and for my money, it is all deserved. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I agree. So in its opening weekend, it did over $100 million at the box office domestic, which already was Tom Cruise's biggest opening weekend. Really? Believe it or not. Bigger yeah. than his Mission Impossibles? Or- yep. Wow. And now they're wow. like up over $300 million. They were wow. number one for two consecutive weeks with almost no film has done since the pandemic. I think mm. maybe, maybe Spider-Man well, almost did. no film has done in the modern era, really. I mean, era, how many ever. films? Yeah. yeah. Like from when we were younger, that's something we, we never talk about, but when we were younger, films would stay number one for like six, seven weeks in a row. Yeah. 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 Now, right. they would lock they down a theater. A week and yeah. a half, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Well, I got to drive to the next county because these theaters are still showing the same crap from five right. weeks ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. So speaking of the abstract, there are things that I really enjoy about this. If you liked Top Gun, I think you're going to love this film. It might be a yeah, film. Absolutely. It might be a sequel that... It's better than the original in a lot of ways, Mm. but it would not be better if not for the quality of the first film. You know, stand on its own, yeah, but so much more powerful if you have the history of the first film. And it feels in many ways like an 80s movie. The structure of the movie, the the, the character progression, the expected. He's basically a bad cop where they ought to take his badge and gun because he's, Mm. (laughs) you saw in the trailer, I didn't expect an invitation back. They're called orders, Maverick. Right. Right. (laughs) He's still the guy who's so full of himself because honestly, it's kind of earned. He is the guy that he is. I don't know how to heap praise on it. It's not like any film I've seen recently, even the Ghostbusters, which was a definite modern take on Ghostbusters in Afterlife. It was good, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't a throwback movie. It was a modern movie. Right. Mm -hmm. And somehow Top Gun Maverick to me, if you watch the first four minutes of it, you might think you're watching the first one (laughs) because it starts the same theme and then Danger Zone kicks in and your jet's on a tarmac and all all that. The aircraft carrier, all that stuff. Yeah. But it just feels so much like what you would want out of a sequel and maybe more. I totally agree. I had a great time seeing this movie. I mean, I just, mm-hmm. that was one thing. I just enjoyed watching it. You know, yeah. I just had fun watching this movie. And they somehow managed to not make it hokey, which I thought mm-hmm. for sure was going to happen. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, how are they going to contrive a follow-up story? To this? Mm-hmm. And that's what was going through my head when I saw it. But the story, I'm like, Okay. You know, I mean, I was able just to go with it. It didn't feel weird. It felt, you know, it felt like a continue. It actually did feel like this is a story that happened 30 something years later or whatever, 20 something years later, whatever it is. And it just seems like it fit into the same mold as the first movie. I mean, it really Mm -hmm. felt like a really amazing sequel. Well, it's logical. Where would this guy be? Right. I mean, not a spoiler. You find out in the opening scenes, he's a test pilot now for the Navy. He flies experimental aircraft Mm -hmm. because he's the kind of guy that can actually push the limits of a vehicle and find out perfect for him. Right. And they probably don't mind if he dies. (laughs) Right. No skin off the Navy's nose. The good riddance, that guy. He's a right. real pain in the ass. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, the character beats are in there. It is very 80s in that it's a very clear cut enemy who you actually never really see their faces. It's just bad guys. Right. In modern times, it's not so simple as, hey, if we can eliminate this target, the bad guy is gone. Well, in modern times, evil is pervasive and it's mm. underground and it's guerrilla tactics and it's terrorism. This film was a bad guys are at this place. If we do this one thing, we've saved everybody. No guys. <laughs> Yeah. And it's 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 such a clean black and white. We're the good guys. They're the bad guys. Let's find a way to work together kind of film like Top Gun was. And George, I envy you that you still have it coming because you have all the surprises and the positive there. But know that you have nothing but good ahead of you when you yeah. finally see it. Well, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, the way you guys describe it. There's something to be said for a film that just is entertaining. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yep. have to be thought provoking. It doesn't have to be yeah. controversial. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be some new horizon that no filmmaker has ever breached before it's okay to just do a fun entertaining hour and a half long film with a good story too uh, this seems like the throwback to the Mm -hmm. summers of high school when i was young yeah and i'm definitely looking forward to it it almost 
makes me want to restart my A-list subscription. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> well, you, you know, you have your A-list scale. I would put this one squarely in the pay the full price. Yeah. Even if you don't I have A-list, I would too. it's worth seeing on a big screen if you yeah. can. Worth getting in the nice, you know, Dolby surround, uh, whatever you have, if you can. Because it, it's fun. You talked about that aerial photography was something yeah. George you wanted to see mm-hmm. in a sequel. Is a Man, is it there? Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, good, space. Good. yeah. So Maverick, definitely worth checking out, especially mm-hmm. if you're a listener of this podcast and a fan of that kind of uh, Gen X era culture. Mo, what about you? What have you been checking out, man? So I just finished, what, well, the first few episodes of the new season of The Boys on Amazon Prime. Uh-huh. The bad guy, superheroes. Uh, George, I don't know if you kind of knew you're a big comic book guy. I'm sure you've read the comics and stuff, but they somehow managed to make a story that was already pretty violent and gory, more mm-hmm. violent and gory. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. All right. That's something they do well, so they lean do. into and it. There's a yeah. couple of scenes that you're just like, whoa. I mean, like, what brain came up with that, you know, <laughs> yeah. as a thing that could happen? And I just watched it, you know, which is even mm-hmm. worse. Overall, though, I mean, the story, I, I still enjoy it. I mean, the acting in it is amazing. It's basically continuing the story. I said, I'm just really enjoying it. I think it's a really good, so far, third season start. Yeah, before we dig a little deeper into it, in case someone hasn't seen The Boys, oh, yeah. just a real brief synopsis of what the series yeah, is about. Yeah, so just... Imagine a world with superheroes, like kind of like DC comic-ish kind of thing, right? except more realistic, I guess. Like if a Superman character existed in the world, what were, would prevent him from being an asshole? Right. <laughs> you know, mm. What can anyone yeah. do about it? And basically the superheroes are almost like celebrities. So they have all these people kind of looking out for them, covering up for them when they screw up and all that stuff. And right. the boys are a group of people who were all screwed over by superheroes at some point, And they're sort of getting payback in a way, I guess that's one way mm. of putting it. Good description. Yeah. All the same actors are there from the original. It's a great story. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody though. Like I said, when I say <laughs> gory and vi- this thing is gory, violent and disturbing, quite honestly. Some of the scenes are mm. very, very disturbing, but it is a good story. And if you're into that stuff, if you like comic book stuff, you know, especially the darker comic book kind of things, mm-hmm. this is definitely a great show to watch. I think I stopped, I watched all the first season. I remember that. I never picked up the second season, not for any particular reason. Yeah. We talked about just first or superhero so fatigue, there, yeah. which this doesn't quite fit into because that's kind of the dark mirror of it, but there's so much good stuff on so you said if you watch the three, you probably watch two. Is it worth going back and picking up and watching two yeah. to get into three? I thought two was a great se- season also, I thought. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, I thought yeah. two was a great one. And this one, like I said, it's just picking up right from there. I wouldn't recommend watching three without watching two. Okay. Because uh, the story definitely continues and you need to, you'll be lost if you skip a season. But yeah, I, I said, I enjoy it. I think you definitely just worth watching. So what's the time commitment then, Mo? Cause like I'm kind of in the boat with John. I think I might even have like one or two episodes left of season one. How many episodes were in season two, if you know, and how many were in season three? I don't know how many were in season two. Two, I'm gonna say eight, eight episodes. I'm guessing though. Okay. I'm not sure. I have to like look a moderate up. season, not not the heavy, heavy commitment. And season three just started, and they're doing the week by week releases, so they're only up to episode three right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, George, if you just cut back on the Law and Order repeats, you'd have plenty of spare time to watch yeah, that that's if you not wanted to. Happen. That's not gonna happen. Well, no. I've even <laughs> added the ER repeats into the rotation now. Oh, geez. oh no. <laughs> <laughs> In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know. Diet Coke, yeah, Diet Coke. Here's important news. Now Diet Coke and caffeine-free Diet Coke have NutraSweet, the new breakthrough sweetener for even more real cola taste. Real cola taste with just one calorie. Living good with Diet Coke. Now, Diet Coke has NutraSweet. Diet Coke! I'm thinking about changing the name of this segment from Tekken Toys to 
tech and toys and tools because we seem to be adding in <laughs> utilities and stuff, which is fine, which is totally cool. Just fantastic. I picked up several. And actually, to kick us off is a utility, right, George? Um, yeah, I mean, sort of. So it's called LunaPick. And it's essentially an online web browser based photo editor. So oh. for our people out there who want to do some light photo editing, but don't necessarily want to download something to your computer, or certainly don't want to pay for like one of the Adobe products or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, this is just a straight photo editor tool. Uh, the reason why I wanted to talk a little bit about it is because it does one thing in particular that I'm really, really pissed that it's not a part of all the other photo editors out there because hmm. I can see now that it's possible. What's right. that? So one of the things I do for our podcast and our YouTube channel is creating thumbnails, uh, especially for the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. oftentimes we have these things in the segment that the only place I can get an image of it is like from Amazon or the logo of a game or something, but they sure. have really difficult to deal with backgrounds. Now I mm -hmm. have GIMP that I can use, which you can pick and do this saturation process that can get rid of the background. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but you have to, it's like a, it's very fine tool that you have to use. So you have to be very yeah. careful with your mouse movements and everything. Right. And get by itself is not an easy tool to use. Yeah. Really. Or you can do the tried and true method of bitmap editing. You can just take an eraser just tool and, and draw, do, 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 draw, do, 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 draw the around the little item that you want to keep. Yeah. And, with the odds of not messing that up. Oh my God. Trust me. I've spent hours <laughs> doing some of these thumbs nails that are super yep. small and i'm like i don't want to spend all this time doing this one little thing that's anyway luna pick just erases the background period done end of story with one button click wow i mean does it well too it does it well wow. absolutely I, that's what surprised me so i took just an image of one of my um biopics that we use when we give to conventions and whatnot and yeah. in the pic yep. it's me in the foreground and then behind me on my wall or like the wall is blue and i've got all my little posters and little mm -hmm. toys and stuff like that so mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff in the background i loaded my uh photo onto it clicked remove background it did a little meter across the screen and maybe 20 seconds later it was just me now granted that's the ugliest way to test the tool but still it worked. <laughs> <laughs> wow is it a free tool you have to pay for it's it it's completely free wow mm. Yeah. And then I assume you can take that image once you've cut it out and export that as an image with a transparent background and use it in some other application. Absolutely. As anything, nice. you want, it supports all the image formats, including that TIF, new whatever. one, John, yeah. that's going around that WebP. The WebP, yeah. 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 So yeah. it supports all the image formats, oh, which wow. is another really nice feature. Mm -hmm. As I've gotten more and more into finding these little tools and web pages and plugins and things that help me with my day-to-day -day computer life, I've gone down several rabbit rabbit holes. So I've got like a list of these things for the next 20 episodes at this point, if we need it. <laughs> but I do appreciate that there's a much larger world out there than I understood for these types of tools, because I was just, you know, like, okay, it's GIMP or it's Photoshop or it's this. And I, you know, didn't really think about any of the other stuff, you know, Paint Shop Pro yeah. and not all the right. standards. Yeah. But there are a lot of these up and coming smaller tools and services that are kicking their ass in a lot of these. Yeah, I would have assumed that a free online version would not be as feature rich. Right. And Me it too. may not be as feature rich, but in the features you actually need, it sounds like it's outperforming. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. there's no reason why now having seen this on a web-based platform that mm -hmm. any of the others couldn't have already done this. Yeah. Get your shit together. They Come on. just weren't making the effort. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, that's what it is. I mean, so, you know, maybe one of them will buy Luna pick and add the process into their platform and, and ruin it <laughs> and, and ruin it more likely. That's <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's good for removing backgrounds but john you have something you want to talk about that's awesome to display really cool backgrounds yeah i do uh i don't know when i picked this up it actually was something i had a gift card that i got from my job for uh, x number of years there and they said thanks here's a gift card and it's one of those <laughs> things where you go to an online site and you spend points for a you know and i think i got like a little gopro camera and i got the thing i want to talk about for this episode that i just unboxed and started using for the first time in the last week or so <laughs> yeah so and, and i think maybe mo you might have mentioned at one point you got a super widescreen monitor yes. it might have even been curved was that it, true? it was curved yeah it was curved yeah yeah. So this is a curved monitor and the first one I have ever had. This is a Dell 27 inch okay. curved gaming monitor. 
I picked it up. I didn't pay for it. I have since looked it up and I have a link that, of course, I'll provide to Mo. They run mm-hmm. about 250 260 Yes, yeah, about right. For yeah. a gaming monitor, which doesn't sound outrageous. And especially having actually started using it now, I can tell you it doesn't feel outrageous for that cost for it. But it was my first experience with a curved monitor. And I had some assumptions that this Dell actually crushed for me that I was assuming things that I would have a problem with. So I was concerned, hey, a curved monitor, what's it going to look like in terms of, you know, getting get glare in weird places because mm. all my life I'm accustomed to a flat screen in front of me. Right. Well, I've learned, first of all, not a big deal because they knew that was a possibility and it has that like super anti-reflective coating on it that you cool. really, in fact, I used it to shoot a video the other day. I just took a camera and pointed the camera at the monitor. Not only was there not that weird like refresh rate rolling mm-hmm. or odd thing you oh. might see when you shoot a monitor with a camera because it has a ludicrous refresh rate that's just you know beyond my camera. <laughs> Uh, But also, it was like super rich and clear and clean, something I never experienced shooting a monitor with a camera Hmm. because it's a gaming monitor. And the thing I hadn't anticipated with a nice large one like this, as you turn your head to look at a monitor like this, things don't get further away on the edges. Everything is the same distance from you. So it's actually this natural kind of flow as you Mm -hmm. turn your head from side to side. I'd never considered that, hey, the edge of my monitor is another two or three inches further from me. So you're old, you got old eyes, you put on the reading glasses and the the monitor's a little too far away. Now I turn not take off the reading glasses because it's too far away. (laughs) And it really helps for an older guy like me being a Gen Xer, being that's what we talk about. A curved monitor can help with lots of things. And that was one of my never anticipated. So now I have a curved monitor. And one thing that also surprised me is that it's not like a drastic curve, right? It's just kind of, it's a very gentle. Is that the same with yours? Yeah. I I don't know. I, I didn't take a protractor to it, but it's it's subtle. It's subtle. Yeah, I'm I'm just kind of curious because you're talking about the curve and the the high speed refresh and the mm-hmm. gaming mm-hmm. aesthetics and everything. I and I think Mo as well um, have something at our stations that you don't have in your man cave, John, and that's dual monitors. You have the right. giant, yeah. like 700 inch <laughs> TV that you've got right. everything hooked right. up to. Oh come yeah. on, don't exaggerate. It's only 600. <laughs> Not being a dual monitor guy in your everyday chair driving Mm -hmm. experience are dual monitors or are they a thing with curved monitors or would Mm -hmm. you rather just have one big curved monitor that goes across the width of your desk because i'm kind of maybe interested in Mm -hmm. swapping over if it works that that and along with the Dual monitors, you get to move your windows around, feels a little bit easier because, you know, just expand it, boom, it's on that monitor, boom, this one's on that yeah. monitor. How, how do, would that work for you, if at all? Well, I don't have two of them, but I can extrapolate from what I know. Uh, I used to be a multi-monitor person in my all the time, and ever since COVID hit and I'm working from home, I sit in the same place and I do work on that giant TV, as you said, but... This curved monitor, once you start using it, any curved monitor, I would expect, the fact that it's curved kind of blends into the background. You don't notice it after a while. There's just like the same same focal depth that I talked about Mm -hmm. is nice. Multiple ones would be fine. Uh, What you don't want is to put them flat and have make a W, right? You don't want to have a curve and a point and a curve and a point. Ah, So if you have a couple of curved, you're going to have to take and set them so that they're kind of touching flat on the edges, which means you need more real estate because the edges of them will come out further closer to you than if you had flat monitors. So they'll take up a little more space because they don't sit, you know, flush up against something, but they're just as capable, you know, changing, moving stuff around the screen and that kind of thing uh, is just as transparent. I've been using a single one and it just, it looks great and behaves great. It kind of blends into the background that it's curved, I think. And actually, George, I bought a second curved monitor. Oh, did you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I should have shut up and let Mo say it. He's already done it. So (laughs) because, uh, yeah, because, you know, a bunch of points. So I said, oh, I'm going to buy some second monitor. And you're right, yeah. John, exactly what you said. It's like, you just kind of line them up. So it's one long curve, essentially, instead of like a W or, and I sit right in the middle and it's perfect. It's fine. It's, it mm-hmm. works really so well. One of the things I'm curious about then, now that you said that, Mo, is how defined is the curve? Like, does it come around like the edges of the monitors are like side windows in a car now? No, or? no, 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 not no, that no. bad. So it's a very subtle curve. It's a very, then. very subtle. I mean, like I'm just looking at my situation, like 
maybe the center of the monitor is maybe an inch away from the back of the desk. And then when I get to the edge, it's maybe four inches, three or four okay. inches total. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And what about the part where John said, like your eyes, like, cause I have that same problem. You look to your left and especially needing old man glasses and stuff. Now these days, <laughs> something to the left is further away than the thing in the middle. Does it still feel comfortable? Oh yeah. I mean, if, as long as you position correctly, like John said, like make it one smooth curve, which you can easily do. It, mm-hmm. it just sit in the middle and it, everything just works the same. It's, okay. It, yeah. Well, I think I just added $600 to my buy list. Now, <laughs> sounds like. Well, you know, imagine George, the curvature, imagine if you tied a string to your nose and held it out about two feet and mm-hmm. then move your head left and right. That would create a slight curve. That's right. about the curve of this monitor. It's not a big bow. Yes. Yeah, it's so, it's yeah. just a little, a little indent that keeps okay. the center and the edges the same distance from you as you turn your head. Mm-hmm. It's something I enjoyed. I didn't pay for it myself. I was happy to get it for free. I've been using it in my studio. I used it to shoot a video the other day. And I, I think I'm on board with curve monitors from now on. They're great if you have space for them. Yeah, awesome. Now, Mo, you also have something that very well may change the way somebody uses their workspace and for productivity, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like a lot of us, I have multiple computers that do mm-hmm. different things. You know, some of them are video servers and my Unraid system I have and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And so I was using any desk to kind of bounce around to get into them and do stuff. And I still do a sure. little bit. But every now and then, any disk would lose connection. It wasn't often, but every now and then right. it would happen. And then it's like, oh, crap, let me see if I can find a monitor. Or I just have to <laughs> shut, or I'd shut it down, just assuming that it was fine, and just to restart it, and then any disk would work, and i get back into it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just get a simple KVM. And so my requirements were actually pretty simple. All I was looking for something that could connect to three computers and could do USB and had HDMI outs. That was mm-hmm. pretty much all I was looking for. And I didn't have to have the auto switch. I'm fine pushing a button manually if I have mm-hmm. to. That that doesn't bother me. So I found one on you know Amazon, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, it's and it's an HDMI 2.0 KVM switch by it's called Street Tech. Um, it's some, some generic random rebundling manufacturer company. Yep, exactly. Yeah. But it does exactly what I need, you know, which I can't, that's all I could ask for. Yeah. Um, you hook up your keyboard and mouse to it. It also has additional output, so you can connect USB from those computers into that as well. But oh, I that's didn't nice. Yeah. So if you have like a printer or something like that, everybody mm-hmm. could use it kind of thing. But yeah, for me, I, was, I didn't really care about that too much. And then it has HDMI outs to the different computers and you hit a button and then be able to bounce between them like very, very easily. You know, so I have one monitor kind of set up there to for that side, for those computers only. Right, right. And this, I got a inexpensive keyboard mouse small i got a little smaller one because of space constraints and uh it works that's i mean what can i say i mean it just works and it works well yeah there you go so i got a couple of questions for you mo because mm-hmm. i've talked about the one i gotten a long time ago on the podcast yeah. i'm sure the one i got was well over a hundred dollars and it was a two in so two computers oh, could okay, okay. go into it and two out so I could have my dual monitor set up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. Now, yours yeah. is a four in with yes. one out. So you with can only one use out. one monitor, right? Exactly. Only one monitor. Mm-hmm. What I want to know is like how long have you had it and been using it? Because my two and two lasted two months, maybe three. Oh, oh no, it died? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. damn. Oh, yeah. man. Just, I mean, like, not all the way dead, but, like, mm-hmm. would... Not right. When you would switch from one PC to the other, maybe one monitor wouldn't come up, or maybe the mouse eh. would stop working, you know. And it was, of course, out of the Amazon return window, so... Of course. Yeah, yeah that was planned. Anything worse than broken tech is unreliable tech. Yeah. yeah. You're like, just break, so I can throw you away, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, for how long have you been using yours, Mo, and... I've only had this one a couple weeks. Okay. So it's not long. So maybe in a couple of months, then come back. I'll to let us you know. And, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was 60 bucks. Well, see, and that's the other thing. I I went to your link and it was $60. And yeah. it, again, this pisses me off because John, you remember, <laughs> and Mo, I'm sure did this yeah. as well. Back when we had our computers back in the day or TVs or VCRs or anything, you had that physical selector switch kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Yep. A ka-chunk, to B, ka-chunk. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When right. I was uh, pulling out all that Amiga stuff, I found one of those selector switches. Yeah. And it probably had a big dial, didn't it? It was like a yeah. click dial. Yeah, wasn't wow. yeah. <laughs> that was a hard wire. Those things never break. Why is it that these things make themselves so goddamn complicated that they can't even and do so what expensive. they say? Yeah. Right. And so expensive. <laughs> it's ridiculous. They don't need to be a computer themselves to go, okay, here's HDMI, USB. Okay, now HDMI, USB is over here. Yeah. Seems stupid it, to me, but it's the world we live it, in. It, it, it ought to just be throwing like the big Frankenstein switch, like the big lever on the wall. <laughs> right. That's all you really need, right? <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. 
I don't know. This one seems as basic as you can get these days. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple as far as putting it together. He like said, so far, so good. But uh, definitely, you know, remind me in a couple months. I'll let you know if it's still working. Or if it, stops, if it breaks, I'll be sure to let you know. <laughs> cool. Fair enough. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend, and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. Even though Hewlett Packard technology has produced a number of firsts, some of you still don't know who we are. Or maybe now you will. Introducing the touchscreen personal computer, the Hewlett Packard 150. By merely touching the screen, you can find an address, move a paragraph, change a forecast, make a chart. With just your finger, now nothing stands between you and what you can become. Hewlett-Packard Personal Computers, setting you free. This is the main event of the podcast. For the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Gentlemen, time to talk all about games. Mm-hmm. I want to start the segment because I have kind of an unusual game topic to talk about this time. And since it's my segment, nobody gets to tell me I can't talk about it. So well, we, we uh, can say it. We just know you won't stop. Right, you just, it won't stop you. <laughs> I'll just keep talking. It don't matter. Now, John may edit it out later. and You just hear me <laughs> pitching to the next person. But <laughs> And hey, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the game segment. Take it away, John. No. Um, so <laughs> recently we all attended a convention here in Tallahassee where I live called Infinity Con. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a convention mm-hmm. that I have uh, known the owner and showrunner, David, for several years, ever since he did one, I guess it was seven years ago, eight years ago, where he had all the Battlestar Galactica 2003 actors oh, wow. um, at the convention. So this year, David asked me to participate in running the convention with him. Mm-hmm. My particular area was to um, take care of the panels at the convention. One of the other things that developed during our conversations leading up to the convention was David's idea of wanting to have an area called Gamageddon, which was supposed to encompass all types of gaming, essentially. So mm-hmm. he had some virtual reality stuff in there. He had some console gaming in there. We were supposed to have some pinball and arcade, but that gentleman got sick, I believe, with COVID. And so ended up not being able to participate. But the one thing that David hadn't really thought about or didn't know how to do it was a tabletop gaming area. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Now, the three of us... We have been to SFGE for a number of years now, and we yep. I think we all agree they have one of the best tabletop gaming oh, library yeah, experiences of the conventions we've been to. Best I've seen, certainly. Yeah. yeah. So having that experience, I suggested to David, hey, maybe you should do it in a similar fashion. Mm-hmm. The difficulty, as you can imagine with any of those, is where do you get the games? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I reached out to SFGE and turns out that that library, it's actually theirs. They own all of those games. They Holy have paid for crap. all those games. That's Seriously. hundreds of titles. Uh, they have like a thousand, I think. Yeah. That, at the convention, yeah. they told me. That's wow. right. I didn't know that. So it was like a little daunting because I was hoping they could just come down or send whoever it was or I could mm-hmm. meet a vendor or something like right. that. It yeah. didn't work out that way. So David and I stopped talking about it. Then about two weeks before the convention, he started talking about the tabletop gaming area. And then it dawned on me, I've got a guy here at Gen <laughs> X Grown Up in the Discord server, Thanos. 
Those yeah. of you oh, who yeah. have been a part of our Discord server or been a part of the live streams or any of that, you'll recognize that name. He's one of our uh, top supporters. He's always participating in things. Mm-hmm. John uh, and Mo worked with him mm-hmm. at uh, John's company. Yeah, in a previous life. Yeah. 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 Known for a long time. And he's a super nice guy. Very helpful. Mm-hmm. So while we were at this meeting, I said, well, let me call my guy and ask his <laughs> opinion. So I called Thanos up and said, hey, Thanos. You want to be a tabletop gaming guy at my convention in two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> and he went, um, sure. <laughs> awesome. That sounds like Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> right. We talked a little bit about it on the phone of what to do and everything. And over the next week, we made some plans. Basically, what we were going to do is Thanos was going to bring up games that he felt comfortable bringing up from his personal library. I was going to do the same for mine. Mm -hmm. And we were just going to let everybody play very small little library. At the same time, Thanos also started reaching out to a couple of the game production companies that he is an ambassador for, like Stonemaier Games. Through them, he found that Stonemaier, Stonemaier, however you say them, they had put this Google Sheets form out there that anybody who's running a convention can fill out the details of the convention and other game companies, other publishers can see your information and get in touch with you and send you free games. Oh, Oh, that's pretty nice. It's very cool, right? It helps them with advertising because most of them are smaller publishers. Mm -hmm, You know, they're not Milton Bradley or Parker Brothers or whoever. So he showed me the spreadsheet. I filled our stuff out and there was another part of the spreadsheet that said, okay, here's some publishers that are also willing to let you contact them. So I reached out to a few of them. Mm -hmm. Next thing I knew, I have boxes upon boxes showing up at my house of all these tabletop games. Nice. (laughs) Of all board games. Yeah. A a whole bunch of tabletop board games. They were sending me duplicates for the play and win stuff, which was awesome. Dang, that's really nice. Wow. Then Thanos drove up, stayed the weekend here in Tallahassee and ran the tabletop yes. gaming area. Yeah, yeah excellent job. Yeah, well, and that's what I was going to bring up. So I I just wanted to use my time in this segment to thank Thanos yeah. for doing that for the convention and for me personally <laughs> and also for doing just an awesome damn job. I talked to a lot of people at the convention and all of the people who I talked to that went and played tabletop games, mm-hmm. they all sang his praises of how he explained the games when they were checking them out, made the process easy for them, kept track of everything. Everybody seemed to really like it. Yeah, that was the awesome. thing. He was, a, he was a board game ambassador. He wasn't mm-hmm. just taking IDs. I, I was there a couple of times because, you know, as was, was a friend, we went to go hang out with him a little bit, and I would see someone come up and they pick up a game and go, hey there. And he, he wasn't like inserting himself. He's like, would you like me to show you how it plays or give mm-hmm. you a run through or we just want to give it a shot or if you have any questions, you can come ask me, what would you like to do? And off the top of his head, he could tell you the rules for any of those games oh and give God. you a tutorial and walk through and he did on many occasions so it surprised me that infinity con attendees yeah. were appreciative of that because it was about the best you could hope for for yeah. someone running a, a section like absolutely that. and i'd say in the game again area that we had it was the part that i thought seemed to be the most successful mm-hmm. even though it was the last minute throw in thing from <laughs> two weeks you know uh, we had 60 odd board games there between mm-hmm. the ones that got sent to us, plus what Thanos had and what I had. And I saw people after about two o'clock on the first day, because the convention opened at 10. So after mm-hmm. about one or two o'clock, I started noticing just a constant steady stream of people yeah. walking up to him and or people sitting at the tables playing a game. Yeah. I mean, to me, it just makes sense because it's a way to keep people engaged in your con, mm-hmm. but they could take a break. Yeah. They can mm-hmm. sit down, relax. Yep. They're still doing con stuff, you know, pub meeting yep. people too, probably, because a lot of these things, you know, you kind of need more people to play a game. When I see condos that don't have those, I'm like wondering, like, why not? <laughs> you know, I think you're right, Mo. And there's some things that David and I talked about for next year to help support Thanos a little bit more, like having those little table stands that have the, hey, need players yeah. sign mm-hmm. on it or right. the, do you want to learn about X game? You know, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. So that that way we can have a little bit more interaction and a little bit more opportunities for the people. We'll actually have a sign this time. So people oh, will know it's there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was doing well without a sign. So right. that says something, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Word of mouth was carrying yeah. them in. So I, I was very, uh, very happy and felt very fortunate to have known Thanos through Gen X grown up and been able to put these things together for the convention and for Thanos. Cause I know he enjoyed it as well. We talked it several was good times. Fit. Great fit. Yeah. Yep. So, 
yeah awesome. lots of fun but i enjoyed it yeah i want to move on now so that john can get his edit in and cut all of that out for later <laughs> <laughs> and we'll move into john you had something i know you wanted to talk about this before but it got delayed and yep. so i think now it's come out and you want to talk about it i'm hoping at least is that right that's right right and so for the edit and now the first topic of the game segment <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. So I have been covering and enjoying and playing the uh, Atari has been putting out these reimagined versions of their classic arcade games called the Recharge series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've talked about what was it? Centipede and Asteroids and Missile mm -hmm. Command and yeah. what, Black Widow. I don't know, tons of games. Yeah, yeah. So they just keep putting out these these reimagined versions and Atari is turning 50 years old this year. So they're really kind of ramping it up. The most recent one is a game that I played very, very little, but turned out to be a very, very good game. So there is a full color vector game called Gravatar, which you may mm -hmm. or may not remember oh, from yeah. the arcades. Oh, absolutely, I do. Have you put any quarters in Gravatar? Do you remember it very well? I mean, if you describe it, maybe, but yeah, I don't... okay, yeah. Well, so it's there's some planets around. They have some scores on them. You fly your little asteroids type ship to it. It zooms in. It's a little bit lunar landery, where you have to work your way down through a cavern to shoot some stuff or detonate a bomb, and you have to get out, and then you destroy that planet. And you just go from planet hmm. to planet to do. Sounds that. like asteroids combined with Scrabble or scramble rather it kind of scrambly in that way right uh but it's not like pushing you like a force scrolling you're just exploring an environment this cavern okay. it's not it's not scrolling to the side yeah actually my um arcade my one-up cabinet tempest has gravitar on it oh I have it on there ah, so it has yes. gravitar there okay yep. so you know gravitar so it's kind of like lunar lander except you're shooting it's a bit like lunar lander yeah was it a vector graphic game or mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. always was oh, yeah. Big time. Oh, yeah okay vector All right. but color color vector graphics yes right. yeah yes like uh, like Tempest is, right? Mm -hmm. Now, Gravatar was never one of my favorite games, but I remembered it quite well. And so, I, you know, they did Black Widow, which was not a hugely popular Atari game, but it was an arcade title they had. I wasn't expecting a lot out of Gravatar Recharge, but it came out. It's $9.99. I'm excited for them. I, I picked it up, put Atari on it, and I'm probably going to buy it. That's the problem. It's <laughs> a disease that I have. Uh, but pleasantly surprised sounds rude. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be bad. I was just expecting it to be another one of those because it's been very formulaic, the other releases. You know, they kind of make it kind of neon. They put a grid behind it, add some power-ups. That's what they've done with the Recharge series so far. Gravatar Recharged is, for me, so much better. Th this did have to be a recharged version of Gravatar, though it clearly borrows much of the, the game design from them. This feels less like an arcade title and more like an expansive exploration game. You can take your time. You have limited fuel for kind of thrusters. But the idea is there's a giant screen that you can't see all of, but these planets are in orbit around this sun. Okay. And you fly your little triangular asteroid ship until you get close to a planet and you zoom in on that planet. And there's an objective. You either have to kill all the enemies or collect all the widgets or mm -hmm. detonate a bomb and get out in time. There's something different to do in each level. And it tells you at the top of the screen, but you could take your time. It's very exploratory. And sometimes there's these tight little caverns you have to kind of wind your way down through. And is that that inertia of kind of being in space, but you're on planets. So there's varying degrees of gravity. Sometimes mm. the gravity is above and below you. If you go too high, there's a cavern above you. Or sometimes you're in a space station where there's no gravity. So the gravitar comes into play because gravity is different from place to place. Nice. It is so much more of a game than just, hey, let's take asteroids and add power up. Hey, let's take centipede and add power-ups. This is one that I have already, I played full price for it, 10 bucks. I've already easily played it more than 10 hours. It is oh, so wow. much fun as just a pick up and play. Now it's still arcade based. You're still trying to get your highest score possible. They fix so many things I've complained about. So like, oh, you just have one ship. Well, not anymore. You can pick when you start your game, one ship, two ships, or three ships. If you pick fewer ships, you get a score multiplier at the end of the game. What about power-ups? Do you want them or not? Okay. If you decline them, there's a score multiplier at the end of the game. So you get a bonus for playing a harder game, or you can leave all those things on and have a more fun experience that's not so punishing. It's a little more forgiving. Okay. So good. So, I mean, I played the original on the arcade one-up, and I remember sure. playing it as yeah. a kid. Um, mm -hmm. The thing that 
that got me about it is it's not it wasn't an easy game to play. And I think that's why it turned mm-hmm. off a lot of people because it's it Comes was challenging. Off. It was it wasn't one you could yep. master easily and he said Fair. variety. So is this one it sounds like this one's more fun, which is something I think was missing from the original. So I think the fun is there. It's that it's not as difficult to crush your fun, is what it is. Okay, okay. Fair <laughs> yeah. enough. Yeah, it's definitely more forgiving. So you have a, have a larger screen. It's it's not a vector base. I mean it's more raster looking. It looks more like a planet or a cavern or whatever you're flying in. Kind of atmospheric. The music changes from planet to planet. And if you finish all the planets, you warp to a whole new solar system and you're doing a whole new set of planets with different puzzles to solve. Uh, There's a lot in it to do. It's not rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. It's not break out 20 times and add (laughs) power ups. There's a lot more to it. It almost seems kind of side scrollery. Not in the bad way. But it's not. It's open exploration. You go in any direction that you want and find it. I'm working on a review. If I get it done, of course, it'll be available on our YouTube channel. But Gravatar Recharged, if you've been looking at these and they weren't quite for you, this one is a little bit different flavor. You might like it. Nice. Mo, how about you? What have you been playing? So this is a game. I've seen it on like Steam and Epic and those places forever. It's one of those games that you look at it, you're like, eh, like, it interests you and then, you know, that kind of thing. But you're not really sure. Like, you don't never want to pull the trigger on it. This one is expensive. It was like a $40 game. And so on Epic, if you have the Epic game system on your on mm-hmm. your PC, yeah. it's actually free right now. Okay. Um, so I grabbed it. I was like, oh, I remember this one. And I started playing it. It's called Maneater. Oh, where yeah. This is going to sound weird. You play a shark in an open world. It's an open world environment. And there's actually a story behind so this. So now I understand the revenge aspect of the teaser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the shark wants revenge against Hall & Oates for that shitty video that we talked about on our back. <laughs> Maneater? No, no, no. It's not that Maneater. It's a different not Maneater. Oh, okay. Not the Hall of Notes Maneater. <laughs> Though that would make a great game, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the shark only comes out at night. <laughs> oh, okay. terrible. That's a bad oh, song, God. not a good game. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I know. So the game starts off, you actually start off as an adult shark because that's how they teach you the game mechanics. You know, because okay. the adult shark could do everything. And you go there and actually you have fun. You could eat people. You could eat fish. Eating people is a lot more fun than you'd think it would be, uh, <laughs> especially when there's people trying to hunt sharks and you get to eat them too. And, you know, you get break, destroy okay. boats. It's very Jaws-like, right? Um, and then the story ends that basically as a shark, you get captured by a shark hunter. And as he's cutting it open, it has a baby inside. That's you. He throws you in the water. So oh, you're now so trying you're to get revenge. revenging for killing your father, mother, mother shark apparently. Thingy. Right. And so you start off as this tiny shark in the Louisiana, like kind of a bayou sort of area. So there's small fish around you. And you have to be careful. Like you can't go after like huge things because you're a small shark. Mm-hmm. And there's gators in there that you have to fight because they will come after you and stuff like that. Nope. And as you get better and better, you have power ups that you could add to your shark. You could give him different colors. You give him, he gets more nutrition off because that's how he heals by eating, which mm-hmm. is a shark, right? Makes sense. Sense, yeah. So you get damaged, you eat some fish, you're better. Um, and they added just these like funny little things, like you could smack things with your tail, you could do the whole jump out of the water thing and do <laughs> flips if you want to. But I have to say, one thing that got me is that the scenes are actually really gorgeous that you're swimming through. They're really well done, which surprised me. You know, I thought mm. they kind of would skimp on that, but they haven't. It was actually a really, really pretty looking game, and it's kind of fun to play. So I just got one question. Yeah. Does Dr. Evil finally get his shark with freaking laser beams in this I'm game? Hoping. Is that one of the add-ons or power-ups? <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. I just started. I'm just now just an adolescent shark as opposed to a baby shark. So, But I'm hoping lasers would be part of it. You do get sonar, which is not Ooh. a normal shark thing. That would be the best achievement, Dr. Evil achievement. Get freaking laser beams. Freaking laser beams. You know, now that you said that, if they don't have it, I will be disappointed. <laughs> Missed opportunity. <laughs> because now you got that in my head and that's I want that. Now <laughs> I have to have that. <laughs> you can laser the bad guys, laser the fish, and just eat the remains. That sounds fun. Oh my god, that'd be awesome! You know, laser the other shark hunters. The lasers work underwater. Can you do that? I, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, of lasers. course. Hey, in the okay. game, it could exactly. Well, of course, in the game, you can jump okay. out of the water and laser something if you have to. But anyway, I don't care how. But Perfect. I'm, it's got to work. So yeah, I'm going to look for that. But if you happen, if it's still on the Epic. Uh, system if you can still get to it is free and i looked on steam and they're still charging 40 bucks for it mm. Ooh, so okay. if you have the opportunity to do it you know i would say absolutely grab this game i mean if nothing else it's fun just to be a shark for a while and be the apex predator you, you know? just have a jaws <laughs> fantasy and you want to be the bad guy exactly exactly so, yeah sometimes you just want to swim around and eat people maybe that's what you're looking uh, for you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Well, moms and dads the world around give their gifts the same old sound. Gotta go to school, be a big success. They wouldn't settle for anything less. Now they've learned whatever you seek, you'll help yourself to reach your peak in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. Need a trade? Looking for a skill. They have hundreds to fit the bill in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. Want more school? Don't have the bread. They'll help pay to get you ahead. Talking Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. Mom and dad, they'll want to shout. He's made it big, there's no doubt. Thanks, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. It's a great place to start. As we round out the back end of this show, you may know we'd like to take just a second here to talk about the other things we are looking at or looking forward to between now and the next time we have an opportunity to sit down together and record. And George, I would like to start with you this time. What do you have on the horizon? Uh, first thing is sleep. So that, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that last Infinity Con really worn me out. I didn't realize how much work really goes on behind the scenes until I was doing it. Yeah, and you were busy. I think I walked back and forth across that uh, arena like a hundred times maybe maybe 200 <laughs> I'm more. not sure did you get your steps in what'd your phone say get I, your steps? I got mine and everybody else's steps in <laughs> uh, second thing I'm looking forward to is the NBA finals my Boston yeah. Celtics are in the finals wow. for the first time in like mm. 10 years or something like that so I'm super happy my wife and I have been watching yeah, the games it's been a while as huh? we record this Boston is up two games to one with a game to play tonight they could round it out right before this episode drops on game five if they win out the rest of the games but my guess is how the games have gone back and forth this is probably going seven games so they should finish but as a fan that's good right yeah yeah i mean well as <laughs> long as see, it, you see more play yeah, as long as, long as it well, yeah. ends with boston winning that's all i right. care about <laughs> so it, i'm very happy for them uh last thing i want to be looking forward to and it's I made a mistake when I was prepping the sheet. I, I somehow thought this thing was coming up next week, but it's not. It's next month. The uh, Southern Fried Gaming Expo, <laughs> July 15th through the 17th. You do need sleep. Yeah, yeah, I need a lot of Holy sleep. Cow. Uh, we were just talking about it in the last segment. It's mm-hmm. one of our favorite conventions of the year. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. This year, uh, sadly, to for some, we're not doing a table. We are doing panels, which is really yeah. nice. I think, John, you even said we just got invited to a third panel. To a panel. third panel. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, some kind of after dark. I don't know why the fuck they would invite us to an after fucking dark show, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, old we'll people go sleeping. to bed early. Why would we be up <laughs> that late? I don't understand. <laughs> well, I was doing the fuck thing from the earlier part, and you didn't pick up on it. I totally no, missed it, it. You did fine. I got it. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure everybody heard me right. say fuck. You're just Thank trying you. to upset Vern again. Why? <laughs> no. Why? We He's like a supporter. <laughs> um, but anyway, no. So Southern Fried Gaming Expo, Atlanta, Georgia, July 15th through the 17th. Looking very much forward to it. And mm-hmm. since we're only doing panels, we'll get to spend a lot more time actually enjoying the convention. You yeah. know, you said, unfortunately, I see it as fortunately. We've done these tables when we were smaller and it was kind mm-hmm. of recruitment. Well, we recruit mm-hmm. now. People see us. We're there. Now we can partake in more of the, I mean, of the show. You know, I'm bringing yeah. Dark Tower and I'm bringing Elixir games we talked about. And we can go to the arcade, not just between 10 and 12 when it's closing and we worked all day right. and we're tired. <laughs> I look forward to spending more time hanging out with people doing things than yeah. just saying, hey, we're at the show and stop by our table. So I really look forward to being able to spend more time enjoying this show yeah. uh, with you guys. Oh, absolutely. It's never too early to start looking forward to it, George. So you're, you're <laughs> yeah, in good Fair enough. <laughs> yep. What about you, John? What are you looking forward to? Uh, so the uh, first is a movie coming up. I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but I kind of think I am looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> the uh, the pseudo spinoff from Toy Story Lightyear mm. based on the, yeah. I think that looks the man that the, yeah. the Buzz Lightyear's toy was named after or built after or was inspired by a real guy. And this is the story of him. Uh, yeah, it looks interesting. You know, it's a Pixar yeah. Disney thing. Comes out uh, June 17th, the day after this podcast releases. Of course, the way, you know, movies come out, you probably could see it four days ago. But yeah, the official release, June 17th. Uh, the next thing I'm looking forward to is something I hope all of us can pick up because I think it would make a great live stream. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge is a new video game 
that is based largely on the classic arcade game, the TMNT game. It's a four-player side-scrolling beat-em-up brawl, but a modern one. Hmm. Yeah, it looks really good. It's and so the thing is, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's coming out June 16th. (laughs) They've not officially announced a date. They just say summer 2022, but there have been some rumblings and some leaked tweets that people mentioned it in with a group of other games that sounds like it's coming out right here in mid-June. If so, I'm looking forward to playing it and picking it up. If not, I'm looking forward to playing it whenever the hell it comes out. But it looks like (laughs) something that would be fun to play and fun to play together with you guys and maybe as a live stream. So we're trying to hook that up and make it happen. And the last thing I'm looking forward to isn't new at all. And it's actually a show that is ended, but because it comes from New Zealand, it's just hitting season three in North America. Uh, Did you know there was a series called Wellington Paranormal that was a spinoff from what we do in the shadows, the vampire show? No, Uh, no. Yeah. What? If you think back to the original what we do in the shadows, there were a couple of cops that showed up and looked around to find out who was dead in the basement because kids disappeared. Right, right. Those two New Zealand cops are kind of like the impromptu X-Files investigators (laughs) for all of New Zealand. And they have a spinoff called Wellington Paranormal that's about those two cops from the first film that go out investigating vampires and ghosts and UFOs and things like that comedically. Uh, It actually (laughs) went four seasons, but the third and fourth season have not yet hit North America. The third season, though, is going to be available on HBO Max starting in June 22nd, and the fourth season is coming close up behind it. It ended after four seasons. They're short seasons, five or six episodes, I think, but uh, it's a lot of fun. And if you enjoy what we do in the shadows, this is one you should check out. So looking forward to that stuff. Mo, what about you? What do you got coming up? Well, let's see. Um, This is a movie coming out on the 24th of June called Black Phone. Oh, and yeah. The only reason why I'm kind of looking forward to it, well, one of the reasons is this has been an, the preview for every movie I've seen for like six months. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just glad to stop watching the preview. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But actually, it has intrigued me. I mean, the whole concept, the trailer intrigues me. I'm hoping it's not the whole movie. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that. I'm really looking forward to watching the new season for All Mankind that just started. Mm-hmm. Love that show. It's been a long time between season two and three. So I'm kind of curious to see where that show is going. But I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys watch it, but basically it's kind of that alternate history where Russia beats us to the moon and what happens after that. That's right. Yeah, we so talked I about really it. really love yeah. that one. And then the last thing is with some trepidation, I'm looking forward to Jurassic World Dominion. It's actually coming out right now as we're recording it. It's coming out today. Mm-hmm. And it's either going to be horrible or okay. I'm not going to say it's going to be great. It's going to be horrible or okay. So no chance of great, horrible or okay. That's the, that's the spectrum. I don't, think, I don't think there's a chance of great. And the only thing that I think that'll make it okay is the fact that they brought back a lot of the old characters, which I mm-hmm. I kind of like that. I think that that's a fun thing to see. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm not expecting it to be an amazing movie, but I'm hoping it's a fun movie. I've seen some early reviews. I think Uh-oh. it's going to be on the lower end of your scale. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's okay. Manage expectations. That's what, I'm, yeah. that's what I'm expecting it to be. This is where George is happy he doesn't have the A-list anymore. He's not <laughs> obligated to go and get his money's worth by watching Jurassic World. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, a lot on the horizon and uh, some stuff we're teasing deep too. I like you, George. Looking forward to SFGE. Before we get out of this episode, I want to take just a second to thank a brand new financial supporter <gasps> over on Patreon. Tom J just jumped in, showed his support. He's flying the Gen X Grown Up banner at that $3 level. Nice. I wrote him and I said, hey, Tom, thank you so much for joining how did you find out about us? What made you want to become a patron? And uh, he wrote back briefly. He said, I was researching Gen X on YouTube and came across your two videos, uh, the 10 things I learned growing up as a Gen X. Oh, yeah, yeah. Top five and top five more, right? At 10 things. Uh-huh. He said, then I came over to your podcast and I've been listening ever since. Nice. Uh, your team just has a bunch of positive energy and incredibly funny interactions. <laughs> In today's world, we kind of need that. <laughs> he yeah. says, tell George and Mo to keep the laughs coming. <laughs> so George, Mo, keep the laughs coming. We'll Help Tom best. out. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. We so much appreciate that you decided to join us. We appreciate you and everyone who's chosen to support us, whether it be there on Patreon, over on YouTube by clicking that join button or that new little thanks button. You can thank any, anywhere on a video to show your appreciation. We love it and it truly keeps gas in the tank. That is going to wrap it up for this edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. We'll be back in two weeks, of course, 
with a regular edition of the show. But next week is our backtrack. We pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. It's summertime, and that means a lot of kids are getting out of school. They're going to be spending their time doing non-academic stuff. And it got us to thinking things were quite a bit different how we spent our summers growing up as Generation Xers. Uh, So in the next backtrack, we're going to dive into all the toys and play and how we spent our summer in an era that was very different for kids. On the heels of that autonomy we did not long ago, it should be a lot of fun to talk about. We hope you'll join us for that one. It should be a great time. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you, man. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it's you, though. We all appreciate most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Yeah, uh, Maverick is an obvious uh, thing to talk about. I think that's yeah. order's fine. I'll get to see it whenever it drops. What's that, Maverick? Did you not go see yeah. it? No, I don't have a no. list anymore. It's, oh, it's You don't need it. This is a full price movie. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why I don't have a list is because I can't afford that price. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!